Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains heavy adult language and is not appropriate for young children. Can't. Hi everyone, welcome to the Irregular Podcast where we upload things whenever there's things to talk about. I don't know, it's it's hard not having a co-host, but here I am still doing things. So I have a uh, sketchy back today and we're going to talk about their proud family, the new hey. one and the old one. So sketchy, tell the peeps what you do in case they forgot or haven't listened to the other episode. What's up, y'all? Uh, I am sketchy the changeling. Uh, I talk about primarily my little pony on my channel, but I also talk about other uh, cartoons and other pieces of media. For example, uh, while the proud family louder and prouder was running, I was releasing a review Every week, uh, Ow. it's it's the first time in my entire channel's history where I was uploading weekly reviews the day the episodes came out. Like, I kept myself to a strict, like, five-minute time limit to get all of my thoughts out. And, like, even then, I wouldn't say that, like, I wouldn't say it was excruciating work, but I'm glad that I'm not doing it every week anymore. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, it, it I was... mean, I feel that, um... I was just gonna say I remember doing the episode reviews every week for My Little Pony, and it was it was a lot, and I couldn't maintain that for for four or five years or however long I did it. So near the end, yeah. I kind of gave up. <laughs> yeah, when I did the show, uh, when I first came onto the scene, it was between seasons four and five, and I did weekly reviews for season five. After that, I was like, yeah, that ain't gonna work. So I started doing like monthly roundups where like at the end of every month, I just review all the episodes that came out in that month. And it was a lot better for my mental health. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's great analytically because people who watch the episode just know when they come out. But like, you know, and our our videos or the KP videos have always kind of been not 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 crapping on your videos or anything, but they're like a lot more complicated editing wise just than right. the general standard video so um mm -hmm. yeah it was i had a lot of free time um college first time so i'm in college second time now because i'm getting another well i don't know i'm trying to get a job anyway um yeah, yeah. So, i feel that i feel yeah. that because like i was just starting college when i was getting into youtube and then around 2017 when i was finishing college i was having a lot less time to do stuff and that's when I wasn't uh, posting as much. Like when I first started, I was putting out two videos a week. Mm -hmm. I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I think it's hard because like you try just to put them out just because you want to. Like part of mm -hmm. me is just like, well, we'll do best analytically these days. And like, I don't know. I know the movie came out, the My Little Pony movie came out a little while ago, but like right now, there's nothing really to talk about except. I think those shorts that are coming out. Yeah, so. and it took me like six months to get my review for that out. And it's crazy just because like I had it recorded in November. I just did not want to edit it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel. But yeah, the, the movie was good. So, um, you know, we're not going to, like I said, we're not going to do news things. We're just going to get into it. So um, I assume Sketchy watched the plot or watched Proud Family um, more diligent than I did. I watched um, 
as far as this reboot, I watched the episodes when I came, they came out, and then I forgot about them. So, um, but yeah, I finished this season, and it was, well, I guess you, do you want to ask me the questions, or you want to talk about your thoughts first, or how do you want to, how do you want to script our dialogue? Uh, I mean, I guess we, I could start about my history with the show. Um, yeah, I sure. Grew up, uh, my older cousin watched it a lot more than I did, like, uh, she was a couple years older than me, and I would just watch it with her. And I remember watching the movie when it premiered as well. I kind of grew a, an appreciation of the show more in the years after it ended rather than while it was airing. Because, like, I was only, like, four years old when the, when the show came out. It came out in, like, 2001. I was, like, four years old at the time. So a lot of the, the jokes and the stuff I just was just things I didn't get at that age. So once I was, like, preteen, teenager, that's why I was like, oh... Now I really get why this show is as good as it is, right? Mm -hmm. But, of course, now that the generation that grew up on this show were all entering adulthood or have been in adulthood for a while, we've been getting a lot more critical of uh, the show. And, you know, it's, it's a good show, but there are a lot of issues that were a problem with it. And some of them are products of the time. Others are just stuff that, like, you know, we never really questioned growing up, like, you know, Petty has a terrible friend group, for example. That's like the biggest criticism that most people have of the show, whether they're a fan or not. So when this reboot was announced, I've seen like a mix of like excitement, but also like trepidation because like, you know, you want you want a new proud family to like not have those same problems, you know, and I guess that kind of transitions into the first episode because that's it kind of like reintroduces us to everybody and i remember when i reviewed it i said that the vibe that i got from the first two episodes is that this show is just like the original for better and for worse Mm -hmm. like a lot of the problems the original had are still here yeah i mean as far as my experience with the proud family post the revival like I talked about it on the Kim Possible, the the old Kim Possible Day um, episode that we did, I think either last or the last couple, you know, couple episodes back in case people want to go back and stuff. Um, But, you know, I thought it was okay. I, you know, I wasn't really into it, obviously, as much as Kim Possible, but, uh, you know... I thought the animation was kind of cheap looking sometimes. Uh, they seem to recycle sure. a lot of animation um, on the Proud Family. Um, less of a problem now, obviously, because it looks like they're doing it in Tomb Boom now and they have the puppets and, you know, it's more streamlined and stuff like that. But um, something that I noticed, I rewatched the whole Proud Family just just to see how it was and how I thought of it now. And it doesn't really seem that deep like as far as like there are the really good episodes where they comment about like um you know the the muslim episode was really good and the kwanzaa episode is really good those are like when it's the best when it has kind of a meaning to exist but sometimes you know there are episodes where it was very basic storyline like things like i think the romeo and juliet storyline where penny likes i mean i it was a good twist to do the whole arranged to be marriage kind of thing but beyond that the general Romeo and Juliet subtext of high school kids or middle school kids do Romeo and Juliet and Romeo the girl of the group likes the Romeo and they're gonna kiss and there's some kind of reaction to that is very uh tropey and the other thing too that 
I'll throw in is sometimes like the world setup doesn't really make sense. Like I, I commented that on, I commented on a future video um, about this in general, and I get I get Oscar's supposed to be funny, but a he's an asshole a lot of the time, and b like sometimes I feel like they put the jokes before the actual understanding of the setup. Like the the um, the example that I keep on using is in the Romeo and Juliet episode where I think Oscar comes in and he storms and he's like, "You can't be doing this with my daughter." And, um, they have, like, for some reason, all of the bodyguards, or anytime they need muscle, they use the same Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonator for everything, which is yeah. weird. I don't know. I just noticed that it was, I like... I feel like it's kind of like a running gag kind of, yeah. kind of thing. Because it's, like, it's... Power Family is very, like, classic cartoon-type beat, like, on, like... It's like Looney Tunes, where, like, you know the world doesn't necessarily make sense, but I would argue it doesn't really have to because, like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's it's taking you back to those classic cartoon days where, like, we didn't really have, like, oh, this is an established world and these are the rules of this world. It just kind of has fun with whatever it wants to do. It's like, okay, whatever we want to do, we're going to do it. Again, right. for better and for worse. So, like, you'll have, you'll have, like, very down-to-earth episodes like the Altos, but you'll also have very, like, uh, very, like, out-of-this like out of this world episodes like Easy Jackster and Penny Potter and and I kind of I do kind of like that. I do like that I can have like a different flavor depending on what episode I watch. I think my priority personally is like is the are the uh, episodes being done like well? Are, are the mm -hmm. jokes hitting? And if there is like an overall theme to it, is it actually like doing the theme justice? For example, uh, one of the more disliked episodes, for good reason, is uh, Twins to Tweens, where a big criticism, again, of the Proud Family is that Penny is kind of, like, treated like dog shit for, like... <laughs> okay, can for... I... A question. Oh, my bad, my bad. Um, Since we're talking about that one, is there a reason why Al Roker is, like, a genie? Like, is there, like, an inside joke or something? Or it just, it just some, like, oh, okay, is... I think it's just a funny thing that they decided to do and just okay. kept doing it because like al roker as far as i know is just a weatherman that's what they want you to think because <laughs> like al roker is like a little bit before my time because like that, that's the thing because well, i was still, so he young he still does things he still does like for those who don't know what we're talking about we're talking about um i mean it's in the reboot anyway so if you watch the reboot you probably know what we're talking about but um they assigned the ABC weatherman, Al Roker, who's, like, this, like, this nerdy black guy with glasses, um, as, like, a trickster genie kind of character in the Proud family. And I was like, what did, how, how did that work? You know, I get it's kind of funny, but it's just, like, also a little bit random. Like, you know, maybe if it was, like, a character, you know, I hate to use Discord, but maybe if it was a character like Discord where, like, the actor had history of playing, like, trickster characters and people are like, oh, yeah, it's because he's doing the thing or whatever. With the, and I'm just like, but Al, Al Roker, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I guess it's kind of a why not kind of thing. It's kind mm -hmm. of similar to how, like, uh, Fairly Odd Parents uh, had Norm MacDonald play a genie named mm -hmm. Norm. And he was he was pretty much just being himself, just a trickster genie. And he was, like, kind of he was kind of a recurring villain on the show for a couple of years. So. Mm -hmm. It, it, that's the thing like Proud Family a lot of it's running gags you don't really need to put a lot of like thought into them and I think that's kind of like not refreshing but like relaxing to where it's like 
I can just relax and watch an episode of The Proud Family. I don't have to think about like uh, overarching plot lines or anything like that. It's a nice little family sitcom because like that's 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 pretty much what it is. Just a, a animated black sitcom, you know, uh, similar to how like Family Matters sometimes does like wacky stuff sometimes, especially in the later seasons. And I think that's kind of why people love The Proud Family is because you don't really get a lot of that, especially in the animated sector. So people were looking forward to seeing how they would, you know, bring things back. So when we get to the first episode, we see how things are updated. Uh, Michael's been upgraded to a main cast member. Uh, Sticky moves away, unfortunately, but we're introduced to uh, Maya and KG. And uh, who I think, I think Maya kind of started off on like a rough foot, but uh, she, she, I did warm up to her overall because she warmed up to Penny and, that was something that they kind of build upon and uh the, the first episode really is just a like okay let's just bring you guys back up to speed it was it was a recap episode without being a recap episode if that makes any sense but and like i don't be and i mean that in the nicest way possible yeah that was the thing that also confused me because i did watch the movie and the movie's like a trip like i feel like you know someone on drugs wrote that movie with, with the peanut clone is a weird movie anyway like i would never expect proud family to kind of go that like since we're talking about kind of just grounded family things like i would never expect proud family to go on like magic scientists stuff so uh i mean the second episode has penny going into the matrix so yeah you know the original series oh yeah that's that's fair that's uh, fair um yeah so it can get i mean I think that the da- the rap or the dance battle was just like okay that's 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 a lot. Um <laughs> but as far as um what I was saying earlier like I think it's just more of a my taste than anything but like when you grab yeah. your media and something and you have kind of like not like reoccurring jokes per se but the characters kind of make references at the very least to things that have happened in past episodes and you know there's some sensical things like uh, my setup for the joke that or the thing that I was ha- talking about earlier is there were security guards in like a high school um, for the joke of of kicking Oscar out of the thing because everyone is just like fuck Oscar, which is which is fine. He's he's kind of he 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 kind of oversteps his boundaries a lot of the time, which is the fun part. Um, but yeah, it's just it's kind of distracting to, to me, and then. Like, speaking of the first episode, they're still in middle school, but then the movie is Penny's 16th birthday. So I'm not sure. I Is this before the movie or? I'm, I'm guessing like it, it is very confusing. I'm not sure why they, why that's a decision they wanted to make. But I'm especially because like they're now like growing and they're, they're, their bodies are developing and stuff like that. So like it kind of creates an inconsistency with the movie. But honestly, like I'm not too bothered about it. It's kind of like a. I guess it's like a SpongeBob situation where apparently the first SpongeBob movie canonically is like it takes place after everything else that comes after it. So it's the canonical end of SpongeBob and everything that comes out after it takes place before the first SpongeBob movie somehow. Yeah, which is which is fine. I guess I'm just like. I wish they they had not acknowledged that in some regard where, you know, if it was before that, like, you know. Like, when Penny says, oh, she's 14 or something like that. And then, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I had this weird dream about talking peanuts or something like that. Glad that never happened. So at least there's kind of the acknowledgement 
of, you know, the movie being, but then, you know, then it's a whole other issue of like, why do they have cell phones now? And uh, technology's Uh, up to date. (laughs) I think it's kind of similar to how like, you know, it's kind of continuing as though it never, it never got canceled because like, you know, you have, you have shows like The Simpsons and Family Guy where, you know, the kids are kids, they're the same age for like 20 plus years and you know yeah, you start out with like like the fa- like the the griffins suddenly have like a hd tv now and have smartphones and everything even though like you know and they e- they even like mentioned that you know stewie has had multiple first christmases you know what i mean so you know it's just kind of a thing where when a show goes on for long enough and the characters stay the same age you kind of have to unless it's a period piece where it's supposed to take place in a certain era Mm-hmm. You kind of have to adapt to the technology. So it's not like it's something that we haven't seen before. Yeah, yeah. I guess like those kind of, because we're we're living in an age like, you know, where serialization is king and, you know, that kind of thing. So going back to something that's simplistic and f- as far as it's like uh, world building structure, like Proud Family, it's just like, you know, for me, it takes some getting used to like and trying not to take it seriously. But then you also have like established things where, um, the snack lamb, like, uh, backdrop thing, and that's a mm-hmm. recurring thing for multiple episodes. So, right. you know, I'm like, pick a lane, guys. But anyway, um, besides, like, I am, like, I am glad that, and they recast Michael too, right? They didn't have... Yeah, like, Phil Lamar doesn't voice him anymore. Uh, he's voiced by E.J. Johnson, who is the son of Magic Johnson. Oh, nice. Know. Yeah, I did so not I... know that. I thought I think that's a really nice touch. I'm really glad they're they're um, overall covering you know the LGBT stuff. Sorry, I, I, there's a, there's always like something I I miss as far as the syllables, but yeah. Um, and I think you know that's not to a di- be confused with not to be confused with LPDZ the band. Oh God, how oh, fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, like that's another thing that bothered me is just like the, their singing voices are. I think. A all the same and B don't sound anything like their speaking voices and I'm just like God damn it guys please care I mean, it bothers I, me I mean I guess it's I guess it's kind of like tri- like classic Disney because like like I remember like old Disney movies none of the characters like had the same like singing voice Yeah I I feel you I guess these are just things that like because you know I don't for people who care on the internet I I would like to make my own cartoon one day and I just feel I mean on like I mean. I have made my own cartoons, but, like, in a general, like, bigger sense than just putting them right. on YouTube. And these things are just, like, you you have the power to, to you know. Um, but, you know, it is a, a different artistic decision and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I'm glad that Michael is being included in the friend group and people just kind of, they never, I mean, so far they haven't directly addressed if he's gay or not, but they just kind of accept him as is and no one really questions it. I think... I think Oscar makes a, a crack about it, like the first episode, like, oh, go dance with Michael kind of thing. But that's really it, which is, um, it's nice that it's just not that big of a deal. Well, I think, um, I do think uh, they, they, they don't like say that Michael is gay, but they, they do make it clear that he likes guys because like he dances with a guy at the end of the first episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, like when they were talking about KG after meeting him for the first time, uh, I think, I think, I think someone says, oh, what if he's not even into girls? And then uh, Michael just says, that's what's up. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, Michael definitely shows interest in other boys. So, at the the very least, he's bi, if not gay. Yeah. 
Um, wouldn't that be a twist? Like, I just downloaded this meme where um, people make fun of Senor Senior Junior for Kim Possible for being gay. And I'm just like, guys, he didn't have to be, like, at least he's he's either straight or bi, you know, he ends up with a girl at the end of the show. So I'm just like, <laughs> whoops. Plus, didn't he call Kim Possible his soulmate at one point? That yeah, one that was in the first season. Um, you know, they have an episode where uh, they they do that, but then um, Kim's like, oh, no, thank you. And then he eventually, it eventually ends that that's a plot but yeah they they did try to do that one time i guess for funsies you did mention uh modern technology earlier uh, yeah, yeah speaking of modern technology uh the second episode uh bad influencer um i had mixed feelings about it uh my overall uh consensus on it was that it it wasn't good it was well-intentioned but it definitely came off as though um, it was being written by by uh, someone that didn't really have like a grasp on the whole cancel culture debate and didn't oh, actually yeah, it understand was, I, the nuances. Like they just know the term and they know the general. They have a general understanding, but they kind of they just kind of took that basic understanding and tried to make a lesson out of it. And because of that, they miss a lot of the nuances and whatnot. Because like you know. Number one, if you're that rich, you can't be canceled. Like, Makeup Boy is obviously an ex-spy of James Charles. And James Charles is too rich to be canceled. He has too many business deals and too many things going on financially in order to be canceled. Unless he turns out to be, like, a child predator or something like that. That will cancel anyone. Yeah. (laughs) Outside of going to jail, like, you can't get canceled. You'll get roasted on on social media and a lot of people will not want to like associate with you but that's just general consequences of not being a good person and um but they kind of make it so like oh penny's the one in the wrong even though what she did to makeup boy was out of retaliation because he publicly ridiculed her right i mean i agree with your with your overall sentiment it's it, it kind of hurt like I think the biggest thing that, like, frustrated me about the whole thing is that Makeup Boy, like, found, like, an alternative for being an online personality for a little bit. And he was helping dogs and stuff like that. And he's like, thanks, Penny, for helping me realize what's important. And I'm like, bitch, like, you know, what if that was, if that's his livelihood, like, you would fuck, so- you would screw someone over, you know. And so- it's not just that happy roses of, like, oh, well, now I can focus on my true passion helping orphans or something like that people would just be like no you root like now i don't have a source of income and now i'm gonna get evicted from my house and just because of this thing and like i'm not say saying he didn't deserve it or anything i think he he definitely needed to call out but i don't i think it's unrealistic for him just to like suddenly lose everything and same with penny like i don't like she gains everything and then she loses everything and i'm just like uh, this was, it, it's very, like, boomer-ish, kind of, like, this is how the kids do cancel culture, right? So. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely felt like, it, some episodes really, really remind you that the showrunners are, like, in their, like, I think, I think Ralph Farquaad, Ralph Farquaad is in, like, his 60s or 70s at this point. Yeah. But, um, my issue with that scene is that it mixes, it mixes its messages, right? Because. Yeah. You're spending half the episode saying that Penny was wrong for doing what she did, but 
makeup boy is an objectively happier person after what Penny did, and he thanks her for it. So, what is it? Was she right to do what she did, or was she wrong to do what she did? Like that. Pick a pick a side. She can't be right and wrong at the same time. Like. Sorry, I, I, think the, I, I keep I, on interrupting oh. you. I'll stop. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. You know what it is? <laughs> open discussion, open discussion. But uh, I think the ideal way to do it would be like, okay, so Penny was right to do what she did to Makeup Boy, right? I think it would make more sense for her to lose sight of why she does what she does. Maybe at first she's about like, you know, pointing out when people do things wrong. But then she kind of lets it get to her head and then she starts doing it more frivolously. And instead of like, oh, you shouldn't be using social media to call out people at all. Rather, it should be more about using your platform responsibly yeah. rather than, oh, cancel culture bad. I think, yeah. And I think it also would have worked if like, you know, something like I described where Makeup Boy is like losing all his shit and Penny's like, Penny has a realization about like, oh, this is a real tangible like business that I you know jeopardize oh shit kind of thing and then she helps him like regain his image and like focus on like you know you can do the stereotypical like you take him under your wing for like you know five minute runtime and they do things and she's like that's not how you act around people blah blah a little montage thing and then you know he's able to recapture his social media presence in a more responsible way I think that's a more realistic outcome than just him being happy he doesn't have a business anymore (laughs) i mean possibly but i've definitely seen people that like used to be like youtube famous or twitter famous or whatever kind of social media famous and they kind of take a step back from it and do something a little bit more down to earth and they are overall happier like Mm -hmm. i know like alex james doesn't really post as much as he used to but i think he's kind of like he's shown to be he's shown himself to be a lot happier he's kind of uh He's kind of like settled in and mm-hmm. he um he seems more content with his life, even though he's not like the big vine sensation that uh he was back in the day. And I think that's kind of what they were trying to do with Makeup Boy, but you know, it was done a little bit clums- clumsily. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and like the other thing too is just like, I mean, this is a sidestep, but like all these kids were like, I wanna be YouTube famous and just like yo it it's it's work you know and you know it doesn't happen instantaneously and you know there are days when I'm just like you know I don't want to do this but you know I do it because it's a good outlet and if I get one more goddamn comment that says like oh I used to watch you when I was 10 and into my little pony I'm so glad you're still making content I'm just gonna like rip my eyes out (laughs) but I don't know (laughs) I'm so glad I didn't start a youtube channel until i was like almost 18 Mm -hmm. like i see like a lot of people like like uh i'm surprised when i find out that like certain youtubers are like 16 17 and have these big platforms because it's like i i do not see myself being able to handle that big of an audience at that age like i'm glad that my growth was slow i'm glad that i didn't get like a mountain of followers at 17 years old because like I wouldn't have known what to do with it. I wouldn't have known how to, like, handle myself and stuff like that. I didn't know about, like, managing a platform and, you know, being, like, a public figure, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. It's, 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 it's hard. Uh, 
But it's, yeah, it's it's hard for anyone that like is in a niche for something, and then they're like, I want to do something different. Everyone's like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna I'm gonna go away now." And then anyway, girl, don't get me started. <laughs> let's let's go. I mean, let's let's move on. So number three, I like number three, the the basketball yeah. episode. It that was that was the best one, basketball. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I have to look over the episodes. I have to look over like the entire episode list. But this is definitely like if it's not the best episode, it's at the very least the second best. I remember also liking the college episode as well. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a, f- a contender for the best episode of the season. Uh, it introduces one of my favorite recurring characters, Kareem, because I, I talk about this in my video on it. Mm-hmm. But um, I really appreciate the fact that despite that he, despite the fact that he can play basketball despite the fact that he's tall, and despite the fact that he's literally named after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's not into sports. He's into music and classical music at that. Because, like, a lot of times when you see uh, black male characters into music, it's always hip-hop. They always want to be a DJ or they always want to be a rapper. But no, he's into classical music. They're always wearing sneakers or something like that. And they always have, like, those, those, their hair... Um, with those sweatbands on or something like this. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know what you're I, talking I about. I love Kareem. Yeah, I, I, and that's, I think that's the biggest, hopefully, push we'll get from this Proud Family thing is having more characters like that where they're just that. And it just, it's also like, it's also a crux of like doing animation because you have to get a lot of information out just visually from characters. So a lot of mm-hmm. people will rely on stereotypes like that. And um, hopefully it will decrease as time goes on. But yeah, I think we need like I also yeah need Penny's friends to not be like pieces of shit like half the like why does she hang out with Lassianaga? Like I don't I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I don't I'm know. so I'm so sick of this of this trope where like especially in 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 shows where the main character is is a, is a girl. I'm so sick of like oh. If uh, if our main character is a girl, she has to have one friend in the friend group who's like a friend of me. I'm s- I am so done. I am so tired of the concept of frenemies. Like, d- d- do people even have frenemies in real life? Like, there's a difference between a friend that you talk shit to and someone that you're either g- on good terms with or on bad terms with. Because a- as an adult. I like consistency. Mm-hmm. And La Cienega does not give me that. But speaking of La Cienega, La Cienega right? Uh-huh. She tries to make moves on Kareem in this episode. Yeah. And Which is also a dick move. Yes, yes. But I am so proud of Dijanae for stepping up. Mm-hmm. Like, Dijanae is a lot more consistent in this show than she was in the original show. Mm-hmm. Granted, she she is still kind of flaky at times, but... I do like that she is the first person to speak up when La Cienega is moving in on Kareem. Because, like, you know, La Cienega, you know you were wrong. Da-da-da-da-da. Like, I love when Dijanae steps up like that. Mm-hmm. And we see it again later in the Snackland episode when we get to that. But, you know, I got to give credit where credit is due. I got to give flowers where flowers are due. But uh, I-, I like that you were talking about how, like, you know, having callbacks and having, you know, acknowledging that past episodes have happened i think that's probably why it uh resonates with you a lot because you know uh they mention penny being on the football team they acknowledge the fact that michael is the is like the best at basketball because they show it in the beginning of the episode Mm -hmm. and 
it really shows Penny's like relationship with her father a little bit. Yeah. Even though he's kind of a jerk, but at the very least, it's like you know, hey, you taught me how to play basketball, and you know, like uh, Oscar isn't terrible at basketball. He just you know has had a lot of bad luck in his career, like yeah. a lot of like a lot of college athletes, honestly. Yeah, and I think like it's nice when the show can have an acknowledgement of Oscar being like good supportive dad instead of Oscar this this thing that we use for our jokes because he's the funny one. And I agree, he's the funny one. He's you know, I think like he's the best character. He's the most memorable character, I think, at the ver- like at the least. Like if you know, besides probably Pe- maybe Penny, but like as far as just his like, I'm not sure his voice actor's name, but just those deliveries or or can be uh, Tommy Davidson. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's like a, re- a recurring issue with the reboot in specific because mm-hmm. at the very least with the original show, right, there were still moments where he could be like a supportive father. For example, um, you know, he was a, a supportive father to her when she played football. Uh, even even to not, not even to Penny, but to Sticky, you know, mm-hmm. like, again, in the Altos episode, he he's still like the goofball. But he's still trying to be like a positive male role model for Sticky because he knows that Sticky's parents are going through a divorce and he's kind of like without direction at the moment. So he kind of, you know, is, is there for her, wh- her, is there for Sticky when he needs him. And another episode was One in a Million where he made that one in a million shot for Penny. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it shows that he's kind of obnoxious, but still, uh, still he means caring, well, you know? kind of. Yeah. So means well. I am glad that he 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 did get punishment in this episode because Oscar will just do some shit though and just not really get any repercussions from it. And also, like Trudy is the one like he doesn't make money on his stuff, right? Like Trudy is the one who who makes money because yeah, he's a very vet, right? Little. Very little, if any. Like Trudy's a veterinarian, so she makes money. Yeah. So I'm just like. I, I don't know what Trudy sees in him, but he's, he's, at least he's funny. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Um, let me think if there's anything else that you, that we didn't mention about this episode. But yeah, and I'm glad Peepo's back. Peepo's always kind of cute. And, uh, yeah, Peepo was nice. I yeah. was surprised that they brought him back. Like, they, like, they brought back little bit characters from the old show. Cause like, you know, some, sometimes when you have these reboots, sometimes like bit characters, uh, from the original show kind of get abandoned like Animaniacs is the first example I can think of where like mm-hmm. you know there are a couple of uh, recurring characters in Animaniacs that didn't make it to the reboot but it's nice to see that some recurring characters from the Power family are here like even the Gross Sisters I wish we saw more from them because I think the Gross Sisters are funny I think that would be a good episode of just like seeing I mean they did that episode where they they switch and D's and I think Dijanae is with the Gross Sisters or something like that I don't remember who's, uh, or is it La Cienega? I think it's one of them. Yeah, like that cultural exchange episode. Yeah. Like, no one... yeah, they uh, they live with La Cienega's uh, parents, and Poppy taught them how to speak Spanish. Right, right. So I think if we got, you know, more of that or more just like, because, you know, something something uh, sketchy explained to me is the gross sisters were the blue color because they can't afford lotion because that is that is a black culture thing that I'm like, as a white, as a white Jew, I'm just like, oh, that that makes more sense than just why they're blue, because you know I'm yeah. just used to to Draken where they they just never explain it and it's an artistic thing. And I'm like, okay, so you know maybe some, but both their parents are are, are still there. It's not like their 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 home is broken up. So I, it would be again good character development. Like we need some of it somewhere, or maybe like 
I think we need, like, a more decent La Cienega character development episode than, like, what we, we've gotten so far. Or, like, yeah, why like, Even she... the original series had better La Cienega episodes. This is dumb. Like, you know, she, we never really get that. Like, why does she hang out with Penny? Except because she has to, and she's going to drop her on a dime if there's someone that she feels like is better to hang out with, you know? And, like, I was watching some behind-the-scenes stuff, and her voice actor was just like, oh, you know, they hate each other, but they really love each other. And I'm just like, bitch, mm. where? Like, I don't... You know, we just need, like, some acknowledgement of, like, don't tell anyone, Penny, but, you know, I think you're a really good friend. And then, you know, thanks, La Cienica. It's like, I told you not to tell anyone, though. Don't do it. You know, we just need, like, one of those scenes and it would be good. But uh, uh, I have so many notes. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a lot with La Cienica. But, uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. Like, yeah, yeah, the girl sister's got a lot of good lines. Like the concert episode, the the gay father the gay father character and Oscar's like super fucking homophobic, and I'm just like really. Yeah, father figures. Um, it doesn't. It does not surprise me. It does not surprise me that uh, that Oscar is like that because he does like have a lot of those like traditional masculine values and like you know he's kind of a misogynist this that and the third. Um. It doesn't surprise me. And I mean, of all the characters to teach this lesson to, like, who else were you going to teach it to, honestly? I'd just say, like, write a new character in or something like that. Or maybe, like, you know, I'm just like, maybe, I was like, maybe Bobby, but Bobby's too likable that, you know. Yeah, like, especially, and he's in the music industry. Yeah. Like, Bobby's definitely, you you, you have to be at least somewhat, ex- well, depending on what genre of music you, you perform in. But yeah. In general, like, uh, I think the drawback of having it be a new character, because it's like, if you bring in a new character just to teach a lesson about, like, homophobia or racism, then the lesson doesn't really stick because that that, that character never shows up again. Like, it's, it's kind of the thing with, like, those very special episodes where you bring in a new character to talk about something heavy, but it doesn't really matter because that character is never seen again for the rest of the show. I think it is more impactful to have oscar learned that lesson yeah that's that's fair i i don't know it was just like i was surprised because this is supposed to be like a reboot where people are getting exposed to new things i'm you know i'm you know is this oscar's first interaction with this kind of stuff i guess like assumingly so and i don't know maybe i I don't know it's sometimes sometimes you have like biases within yourself that you never really address until like you You have have to to. yeah because because you know he's actually asking for a loan from this person Mm -hmm. and from a i want to say randall yeah i think that's right yeah uh and you know it's train of thought train of thought so that's one of the things i was worried about yeah yeah that's one of the things i was worried about is that like okay i hope that they don't like have him learn not to be homophobic because he has something to gain from like being friendly with this person but Thankfully, um, they have him learn his lesson in a way where it's like, you know, he's seeing how unbothered everyone is and how just like how everyone is getting along. And it's like, man, why am I why am I holding on to this one hang up and missing out on so much just because I don't want to let go of these biases that I have, you know, like Mm -hmm. you miss out on a lot of good potential friendships 
when you're bigoted, whether you're homophobic, transphobic, racist, misogynist, etc. You miss out on a lot of good potential friendships and a good and a lot of fulfilling uh, relationships that you could have if you were a little more open. And I think that's what the ultimate message was. Mm-hmm. But one recurring comment that I got was that like, oh, how come, how, like, how come they had to use these parents to be be gay? Like, Michael already exists. Why didn't they do anything with him? And I'm like, okay. Tell me you didn't watch the original series without telling me you didn't watch the original series because <laughs> they already did an ep- It was like, the, I get that it was the second to last episode before the movie, so maybe you didn't see it, but it it was a thing. Like, Michael was being, like, obviously he wasn't made fun of for being gay because, you know, they couldn't say it. They couldn't do it back he in was the making, day. He was made fun of for being a sissy. And we all, by then, we've known Michael for so long that we know exactly what they're talking about because Michael is, he's effeminate. He wear he uh he designs clothes. He's a fashion designer. He's a choreographer. He he tried out for cheerleading in one of the first episodes. Like you know, we know what they're talking about. And because of all the bullying, and he didn't like process it, and he kept like holding it in. He turned into a giant monster. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're not doing it with Michael again. Doing it with Michael again because number one, they've done it already, and number two. Everybody knows what happens when you pick on Michael. So I know nobody at Willie T. Ribs Middle School wants that smoke with him. <laughs> well, that's what I mean, too. Like, um, you know, it being grounded in, in, like, why is he turning? Like, I get I get it's a metaphor, and it's more excusable than just other instances where there's no sense of things. But I'm just like, also, why is this happening? Uh, so, I don't know. I think know. for the sake of that episode, it got... I think for the sake of that episode, it got the point across because, like, you know, sometimes people do lash out and get violent when they are holding all these, all that abuse in. And I think, mm-hmm. I think the, like, I pointed out in one of the videos that, like, the Proud family likes to use exaggeration to make a point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, in the case of some episodes, uh, it doesn't work because if your exaggeration is off base, then it ruins your entire message. But with this one, I think it was very on point. Right. But, yeah, it was... It uh, I had mixed I had mixed feelings about it, but overall I didn't uh dislike it. But um, ap- after that, uh, Snackland that episode, one of the funniest ones. Like that that's another contender for my favorite episode because it was just so oh yeah funny. Like I was playing I was playing that that uh that scene between Penny and Trudy where they were talking about their voice changes. Uh-huh. That scene lives rent free in my head. The comedic timing on that episode in particular was on point. I think um, speaking of, of moments like that, I think the only thing I want in season two is like a full take of the the CeeLo Green song. Just like I need the full song. I just can't have this little snippet of the song. <laughs> as you know, what I'm talking about oh, it's the panda, yeah, from, panda song. Uh, yeah, from the first episode. Yeah, I kind of forgot. I kind of forgot CeeLo Green was in that episode. Yeah, he's the panda. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. But um, yeah, see, that, that episode was... Uh, it also showed that uh, BB and CeCe can talk now. And I wish they did more of that because they're funny. <laughs> That's fair. I loaded the ink. No, you loaded your diaper. Then they just start scrapping. Yeah, oh, I think I, I, I think as far that. as that one, that was like I wasn't expecting it to go that way. And did, did you like the inclusion of Lizzo and and Tomoke and all that stuff? 
I love me some Lizzo. I am a I am a Lizzo stan. And it's crazy because like at that point, Proud Family was like giving us like back to back back to back baddies. Like episode two, they showed us Wizard Kelly's wife. Episode uh no, episode three was Wizard Kelly's wife. Episode four was Sunset in that dress. And then episode five was Lizzo. And I'm like, look, look, y'all gotta calm down. I, I can't take that. I can't take too much of that back to back. I only have one hand, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's me coming yeah. in with the that's what she said jokes. Like, that's how you know it's that's how you know it's me, KP. But anyway, um Yeah, I mean back on topic yeah i thought it was a a fun it was a good way to introduce lizzo that wasn't just like superly forced and you know that kind of thing yeah because that's something that lizzo uses her platform to speak about a lot so Mm -hmm. it was a it made it it was a guest role that was made for her because that even though it's not the exact same thing it's still like something like you know it's something that i uh, it's a part of me it's a part of my body and, you know, I just embrace it, even though people tell me that I that I shouldn't. Yeah. And one thing I forgot to mention in the previous episode was that that was when we start to see Maya kind of warming up to Penny and kind of not really liking La Cienega as mm-hmm. much anymore. Because we see it more in this episode where it's like, wait a minute, La Cienega, you didn't tell me that I was replacing Penny. You just told me that I was going to be a part of the group. And then, like, you know, Dijonay, again, stands up for Penny She's the first to apologize to her in the end. And even when, like, she gets... Even when she gets kicked out, right? Uh, Dijonay voted against it, but she got outvoted. So, like, again, like, you know, Dijonay being, like, the... Because she's supposed to be... Supposedly, she's Penny's closest friend. And she's actually finally starting to act like it more. I mean, that's another thing. is just, like... Just, like, but Penny sings in the, in the Proud Family movie and no one says anything about it then. Yeah, I, I do like that the solution to this episode wasn't that Penny's voice needed to be altered or changed or anything. It's mm-hmm. just like, listen, this is this is something that is going to be a part of growing up. Like, when I was a kid, right? When I was in, like, in seventh grade, I was a, I was a soprano. Mm-hmm. Eighth grade, I was an alto. My voice dropped, dropped. It'd it be like that. <laughs> so, you know, you just kind of... And they don't, they don't, they don't like portray it as like a whole like oh just deal with it kind of thing. But like no, like see, look at it, like try to to make the best out of it. And you know you you kind of see it as a good thing in a sense. Yeah, and that was a thing. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah, that was a thing. I wish like her friends were more supportive of her. Again, Penny has shitty friends, and she it's about her being okay with it. But they kind of ostracized her at first, and they replaced her with Maya mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm just like. When will you guys be nice? So, you know. And it's kind of like, like, La Cienega is kind of the driving force about it. Yeah. Of it, like, you know. It, it's kind of like a, a, a overall thing in, of how women's friendships are portrayed in media. And it's kind of a, a microcosm of that. Because, like, you know, you, you always see all those jokes about, like, oh, women aren't actually friends with each other. They just tolerate each other or whatever the hell. You know. they, they need some young people in that writer's room maybe there are i don't know but there needs to <laughs> you can definitely tell which episodes are uh written by younger people like the college episode when yeah. we get to that definite that was definitely written by someone who's been in college within the last five to ten years right but yeah uh snack land another another uh top tier episode uh 
After that is Get In, which I think is another good episode. Yeah, I um, was kind of confused why they were... Like, I wish the thing that they developed as far as, like, their idea was something that wasn't already, I mean, Uber and stuff like that. I wish they developed, like, a more unique product than something that most people are already familiar with. So, you know... Well, I guess, like, it was unique in the sense that, like, you know, they're under... They're under... Uh, uh 16 under 18 mm-hmm. so like they can't like uh drive but and it's the app is primarily you know for like pickup yeah and i was and i was thinking like of the, the of the logistics of that like is that actually like something you can do because i can imagine like you know an adult picking up another adult is one thing but having a stranger pick up your kids to take to take them home from school but apparently there are ride sharing apps for that and allegedly they have a much much more rigorous uh screening i mean yeah i bet you know than uh, uber you can't you know i would hope i would hope but i think that was my biggest complaint it was just like i i like that po was back he was he was cute um you know i like how he just hits on every like he just goes through cycles of the girls he likes from the group which i think is is always funny he's just like me for real Did you like the reality show, the Crab Barrel show? Yeah, I I particularly liked it, number one, because uh, Marseille Martin plays, like, the uh, little pro- prodigy uh, executive in that mm-hmm. one. But um, also because when I first started college, I was into Shark Tank, like, heavy. <laughs> I had just gotten Hulu, and I was, like, watching, I was watching Shark Tank religiously. I kind of fell off after about, like, two years. But, yeah, I was... I was heavy into Shark Tank at Shark Tank at one point, so seeing uh that like parody of it kind of took me back to those days. So I really like that segment. Yeah. Like, do, do you know Oscar Proud? Lie, baby, lie. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that was the the peak of the the comedy for that one. My yeah, my like I said, my biggest takeaway was I wish it was something more unique as far as what they came up with. Like you're a cartoon, think of cartoon logic stuff. You know, come, come on. Guys. I also like that. Uh, I also like that. Uh, the title because it's a reference to Get Out, the movie. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking like, is it is it is it a is it a reference to Get Out? I don't I'm not sure, but I mean, what else could it be? Yeah, you know what I mean. That's true. And and it's a it's a it's a clever thing. It's not like parody and get out. It's just something that it it's a reference to get out, but it makes sense within the context of the uh of the episode. I feel. Um the next one is the Roker College episode, which, you know, I liked the college imagery and it's always fun to put the characters in different situations where the character designer gets to do something new and everyone's just like, Yay, we can use that for our vectors. That's a a lot yeah. of My Little Pony someone, stuff, but, you know. <laughs> as someone that's been in college from 2014 to 2017, this is very accurate. You know, like, you you want to be a good student, you want to study, but, like, the allure of, you know, just doing... The, the freedom to do whatever you want. Because, like, it's kind of a culture shock when you first start college because it's, like, the teachers don't really care if you're late to class. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teacher... The teachers don't really get on your case for missing classes. Like, you're... You're very much responsible for your own uh, journey, you know, like you have a lot more of you have a lot more accountability when it comes to uh, to your your academics, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And uh, 
I can see how, you know, it can that kind of freedom can be seductive, especially for someone that's in middle school. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's out of character for Penny to want to stay because, you know, she's thinking very short term. And for once, uh, her friends are being more sensible than she is. But again, I understand why. Mm-hmm. And what, what I also think is funny is they got new voice actors to play all the college versions of the uh, of the gang. Mm-hmm. But their, their voice actors for their adult versions, most of most, if not all of them, are younger than the people who voice their child counterparts. Like, uh, adult Myron is voiced by Jaden Smith. But, like, uh, his regular uh, voice is voiced by uh, uh, the little brother from Moesha, who's, like, I think it's, like, in his 30s or 40s at this point. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, at least they all sound the same, right? You know, it's... Yeah, it, it sounds it sounds like a natural progression of their voice. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I as far as that episode, again, besides me just being confused of Roker as a concept... And like I like I like his 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 uh, lampshade joke where he's just like, "How long have you been in middle school? Twenty years." I'm just like, "Yeah, me too. How long have they been in middle school?" Um, did you catch the uh, Did you catch the Baby's Kids reference? I I it was in a it was in like a screenshot, right? Like oh, it was the yeah, DVD, like she took right? out like a yeah. She like what's a DVD or whatever the hell? And it's like uh, because like Baby's Kids was a a film that the creator of the Proud Family worked on. Yeah, that's... And you, you can see a lot of his design philosophy and the character designs and stuff. Yeah, that was about, um, like, a guy who wanted to get with uh, a girl, but they she had kids and he babysits the kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've seen... I've, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen snippets of it. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen the whole thing. I think it's, like, her best friend's kids or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was it was a nice, nice, cozy episode. Oscar gets to be a good dad. I love, let me say, I love Oscar's, like, like, impression voice. Like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the big O. The big, big O voice was so funny when he, uh, when I was watching the original, um, and, and he did it, I, he did it for his disguise. I was just like, I had to play it a couple times just because of how funny it is. And something too, I didn't realize until I rewatched it. Uh, this, this, for this one, they didn't do it, but for the, the last episode, uh, where he uses the voice, they redesigned his chin a little bit, so he looks more like Bobby, and then when he takes his, uh, the costume off, then he's regular Oscar, and I'm just like, huh, I thought they looked, I thought he looked a little different, but I was just, I used my smart brain to figure out that they changed his design a little bit, but I think Big O voice is hilarious. Yeah, I, I'm glad that Oscar finally got to come through for Penny, and, like, this is when I I felt that uh, Louder and Prouder kind of hit its stride. Like, it was kind of an uneven start. But then once you get to episode five, like, episodes five, six, and seven are all good episodes. Mm-hmm. And then we get to episode eight. Oof. Oh, uh, yeah, that was speaking. I mean, that one. <laughs> yeah, because here's that was, the thing, right? That was not my favorite. Yeah, and, and like, in the cartoon community... You hear the the term mean spirited a lot. Mm-hmm. You hear it a lot, and a lot of times it's used like incorrectly because it's like, oh, um, mean spirited isn't just a character being mean, especially if that character is known for being mean. Mean spirited is about like like the subtext of the episode. Like for like in this for, in the example for this episode, right? You're trying to do an episode about like you know Penny helping a homeless teacher. Mm-hmm. But 
you're portraying that homeless character in the most unsympathetic way possible and taking every opportunity you can to make a joke at her expense despite the fact that you're trying to like make a heartfelt episode about helping a teacher i know that, and that is mean-spirited that is what mean-spirited means like, the thing I also couldn't, like, writing the character is actually, un, like, totally unsympathetic and unlike, you know, they take her into the house and she's bitching at them. And I'm just like, in what real world situation would they just be like, hey, you're making our lives horrible. Please get out. You know, it doesn't. I was just like, come on, guys. Like, that's not. I get that you're trying to write her as unreal, like, unlikable, but it's not. The logic isn't, isn't there. Like, so. Who, who approved this script right? So, <laughs> If that's the route they wanted to take, they should have... Uh, they should have uh, made it so that, like, like her house was being fumigated or something. Mm-hmm. Like she was being temporarily displaced rather than being homeless because being homeless puts it in a whole other context and, like, there's a lot more, like... There's a lot more like stakes, you know. Yeah. And it's a lot. It's a it's a much more serious situation. Like you can't, you can't do like an unbearable roommate story and do a story about like oh you know helping the homeless teacher. You can't have it both ways. Like the, it it reaches ahead when Penny does like the GoFundMe, and it does so badly that it's at negative one hundred dollars, and it's like that's dumb. That okay, was dumb. y'all. Y'all, y'all are being a little too extra. And the ending didn't really sit well with me because it's like, oh, so now everybody wants to donate to their homeless teacher because a white girl dances to a black song. Like, I mean, I guess it's realistic. I guess it's realistic <laughs> to how, you know, to, you know, white TikTok dancers appropriating black dances. But uh, there's you could make a commentary about that if you wanted the episode to be about that. But... It wasn't, so it just comes off wrong. Yeah, and then, you know, like, I didn't really buy uh, Zoe's bonding with Bobby as far as him getting her to that point. I think they just wanted to, to, to have something to put in the episode. And then they did the fucking, the, they did the fucking meme, and I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this episode. I get that you guys are trying to be funny. The, 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 oh, like, the oh snap meme kind of. Oh, is it like that uh that roasting meme yeah. where like, someone roasts somebody and that oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely a thing. Like y'all are a couple I think that's like a decade old at this point. I think that's like a decade old at this point. No, like, or at I least mean, half a decade. It was just also like we're gonna be funny and put a meme in there, and I'm just like, but you didn't get to earn the meme, you know? You just wanted our something. Old, like are old people just finding this out? Are old people just discovering this this gift? <laughs> It's so yeah, it's so messy. Fire, yeah. It's so messy, sketchy. It's so I'm trying hard, but this this, this show's so messy. Anyway, um, so that episode yeah, this, wasn't that this good. This episode was not it, Chief. It was not it, Chief. Not at all. Um, and... I liked the Quintanilla episode. I thought that was cute. Um, I I liked. I think it also Proud Family also does better when it kind of gets a more modern. Like holy shit! Like they didn't go there to take or, and. Um, the comment about La Cienica's cousin needing to be skinnier than La Cienica, and I'm just like, damn, that's, thank, that's, that's what I need, that's what I'm talking about, as far as just, like, that's how you ground your characters and make them realistic, is just, like, that sounds like something that would happen for sure in real life, kind of thing, you know, we have, yeah, we have it, care it definitely tried, 
they definitely try to like do like an ep- uh, episode about like generational trauma, which they also do in the finale. But I am not much of a fan of this episode. Like this episode is in contest with episode eight for my least favorite episode. Oh, okay. Like, I'm surprised. You know, one, one thing, one thing I did like, right? Um, I do like that they actually like address the whole like La Brea becoming skinny thing mm-hmm. because at first it was like. Oh, like they treat it as like a glow up because, but like she didn't even look that bad. She she was just chubby. That's it. Mm-hmm. But then they sh- then they were like, oh no, my mom like forced me to like wear waist trainers and go on diets and stuff to look skinnier than you. And I'm like, oh okay, it actually there was actually like a point to that, and I I, I really appreciated that. But the problem is that like. La Brea's mom isn't the only source of trauma for La Brea. Mm-hmm. Like, La Cienega bullied her. Because, yeah. like, you're, you're trying to have this whole flashback where, you're like, oh, you're trying to explain why La Brea has been pranking La Cienega all these years. So, which was, like, a last-minute twist that wasn't needed, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, you show that even back then, La Cienega was bullying La Brea. So it's like, what was the point of this? What was the point of the flashback then? Because it, it, it it's really trying, like be- especially because another like frame of reference I had for this episode was uh, did you ever watch All Grown Up? Yeah, a little bit. Not I don't I remember bits of it, but yeah, go ahead. There was an episode uh called Lucky Thirteen. It was about Angelica's thirteenth birthday, mm-hmm. and it's a very similar kind of premise where it's like, oh, okay. Uh, Angelica wants to have her 13th birthday party, but nothing's going right, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But um, th- what actually, what they did was that they ha- they introduced a character that was actually meaner than her. And in, in this episode, Angelica did not do anything to deserve being treated the way she did. Like, uh, this other girl, uh, Savannah, she intentionally planned a party for the same day as Angelica's because she knew that everybody would want to go to her party instead of Angelica's. And she did it for no reason. Angelica didn't do anything to her. She just did it just to be a bitch. <laughs> and, you, you know, that that immediately, despite all the things that Angelica has done, because she did nothing to deserve this treatment, uh, it makes her more sympathetic. And on top of that, like, even when La Cienega's friends are trying to help her, she's, like, totally, like, cruel towards them. Mm-hmm. But with Angelica, Susie and her friend Harold were there for Angelica from day one, but she never mistreated them. And when Tommy steps in to help the situation, once she finds out what Tommy did for her, the first thing she does is call him over to a po- to, uh, to thank him in person for what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Angelica... She didn't do anything to deserve what, how she was treated. And when things work out for her, she thanks the people that helped her get there. And I don't... They don't do that for La Cienega. They just, they just portray her in the same crappy light they always have. And they, they, they have the gall to like try and pretend like they learned something at the end. But it's like... They pointed it... They even lampshade it where it's like, Yeah, La Brea, that's kind, that's kind of crazy. That's weird. Why are you doing this? This is very single white female of you. Uh, yeah. The more I think about it, too, the more I'm just like, yeah, you're right. You know, if if we had, like, a more sympathetic moment of, you know, La Cienega being vulnerable and 
growing from her. It's it's like it's like you said, the, the showrunners are older, and um, I think there's just been nuances in how culture and media is being approached that I don't know if they're afraid to put these things in because then they'll limit themselves as far as future episodes or stuff like that, but it's hard to take these kind of lessons and morals in if you feel like the characters, like, you know, kind of deserve it, or, you know, why are we standing up for, like, why is La Sienica even anyone's friend? And I did, I mean, I like Felix, so at least Felix was in this one, he's funny, you know? Yeah, Felix and Sunset, I, I like them as a, as, as a couple, when Felix is not doing the typical, I don't want to spend time with my wife thing, even though Sunset is so, why would you not want to spend time with her? Like, come on. That, that like that is the most unrealistic thing in proud family the fact that oscar and and felix have such like th- not even that they're pretty but just they're just like very like they have good values they're very nice like you know despite the fact that sunset's a cop she has good values she's <laughs> there for her family this that and the third why do you not want to spend time with your yeah, wife yeah they but, they, they, they I mean, again, it's... not to interrupt, but, like, they do these episodes where they try to pick on younger uh, younger girls, and I'm just like, Oscar, yeah. you married a doctor, and you don't have to, like, pay for anything, because she pays for it. Why, why are you gonna mess that up by being an idiot? <laughs> exactly. But, like, I think a better execution of the episode would be, like, instead of having this big reveal that La Brea was, like, pranking La Cienega all this time, I think it should have been that, like, okay... She's already dealing with so much from her mom. And then La Cienega acting the way she does just adds additional stress and trauma to La Brea. Mm-hmm. And then this whole quinceañera situation is just a breaking point for her. Right. Like she, you know, she's like, you know, you, you've been bullying me all these years. Like, you know, I, I have to deal with all this stuff from my mom. And then when I come to visit you and, and, and Tia Sunset... I think I'm going to have a break from it, but then you just treat me, you treat me badly too. And it's like, I can't have an escape from all of this mm-hmm. and, you know, make it more about the fact that La Brea is just not being treated well. And, and she's having all this like uh, generational trauma dumped on her that she doesn't deserve to deal with. And La Cienega is unknowingly adding on to that. And, you know, uh, if they, you know, if they wanted to stick with it, it could have been a, a turning point in La Cienega's character, but I'm not confident that it'll stick, and it's another thing that I have with uh, the, the the part one of the finale. Well, the finale, which is part one of a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised, you know, we were talking about it near the end, because um, for those listening, I wasn't sure if I was going to, I wanted to do a video about the Proud family, but then I was just like, I think... I think my just general, like, notes are, it's kind of messy, you know, whatever. Like, it wasn't enough to really make a video about, so that's why we decided to do podcast format. But we weren't sure if they were going to air part two or they were going to wait for season two because they just got renewed. Um, the show just got renewed, like, right, like, that week or the week before. So I guess... I think, I think what happened, if I'm not mistaken, I think what happened is that they ordered more than 10 episodes. And the announcement was just, like, announcing that season two production has started. Okay. Maybe, maybe. But, um, yeah, uh, at at a certain point uh, during the show's run, they had announced the synopses for the remaining episodes in the season. And, you know, 
I'm seeing the synopsis like, oh, okay, so they're gonna go see Sugar Mama's side of the family, and it's like, oh, it's called uh, Old Town Road, and uh, but then I go to Disney Plus and I look at the episode and it says Old Town Road Part One. And I was like, Part One? Wait a minute! I wasn't aware this was gonna be a two-parter, and like you know, uh, the, I think the only episode, the only like cartoon I can think of where they do a part one as a finale and part two as a premiere is like uh Shaolin Showdown. Mm-hmm. Like Shaolin Showdown did that for like season two and three. But uh yeah, um it was an interesting episode. I I think this is another ep- one of those uh generational trauma type beats. I did I did like it for sure. I did like it for sure. Uh I think the best thing about this episode Trina, Trina, why did I say Trina? Trudy says, oh God, I'm sorry. People get black women's names wrong enough as it is. But uh, Trudy says more. You know what? I think the reason why I got her name wrong is because she didn't do anything for the entire show. You're supposed to be the role model, sketchy. (laughs) Trudy says more in the first 10 minutes of this episode that she does in the entire season. Like, that's kind of a, a thing that I didn't like about Oscar is that he was taking, like, the lion's share of the screen time compared to other family members. Mm-hmm. Like, Trudy... I remember Trudy being more active in, in stories in the original show, but she barely does anything in this. Mm-hmm. I like that she's, like, being, like, proactive and, like, finding out Sugar Mama's uh, side of the family. Yeah, that and, was another know. thing, too. Like, another, like, continuity thing where Trudy's like, I spent a thousand dollars trying to figure out your real name and your real family, and I'm just like, I get that Sugar Mama didn't want to talk about it, but you didn't ask Sugar Mama before doing that. You just did it. You just spent a thousand dollars. Dumb. Dumb. So, but anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I, I, can, I can understand why, because, like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people assume that uh, you want to know more about your family, because it, this is something that Sugar Mama never discussed. Yeah, like even, you know, we, Sugar Mama never like wanted to talk about her family, but uh, you know, Trudy, you know, Tr- Trudy understands that like you know, for a lot of black folks, a lot of black folks don't have the luxury of knowing where they where they come from or knowing their like family history, so. That's why she was so insistent, even though they're not her blood relatives. So that that kind of makes sense. And uh, then you you see Sugar Mama's old family, like wow, those facial genes are strong. <laughs> they are strong. I was like, there. I remember there was like a like one of the little nephews or the little nieces has a face that looks like Sugar Mama. Like man, those facial genes are strong as hell, dog. This is also the best animated episode. Yeah, I was kind of, I agree with that. Well, also because the, the, the sunset shots gave some good useful shading in that kind of thing. But also, like, I'm surprised what great daddy proud is still alive, you know? It's nice. Yeah, uh, Papa Town, yeah. Papa, Papa Town. <laughs> you know, Trudy's, I mean, not Trudy's, uh, Sugar Mama's father is still alive when penny is like 14 to 15 or something like that and just yeah like, especially especially since she has a younger sibling who was born after she ran away but he's still old i wonder how that happened you know <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm assuming that like I'm, yeah I'm, I'm assuming that like she's at least 15 years older than him mm-hmm. so it's like wow let me wow they just whoo 
something's in the water. Something's in the water in that at that, that, that place. But uh <laughs> Yeah, like just the way the characters move, like Trudy like being tired and everything and like moving her head around and stuff. Like the, the animation moved a lot more fluidly. Mm-hmm. Uh another scene that's that stuck out was that uh scene in the in the at the lake where the the little like mutated the mutated fish monster chased her. Right, right. Or whatever. And I'm sure the viewers can tell that we're kind of struggling to f- come up with things to say about this episode, and that's because it's an incomplete narrative. Right. Uh, it's setting up things that they plan on they plan on following up on in the in part two, but you know, part two ain't here yet. Yep. And we just have I to can't guess. really judge. Yeah, exactly. And we can't. I can't really judge how good the themes are gonna land because we haven't seen the landing yet. Mm-hmm. All I can really say is that I hope it lands well. And I hope that whatever they learn here sticks because the Proud family doesn't really give me reason to think that it will. Except, like, Maya definitely, like, had some good character development and her character development stuck. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that's going to be the same for uh, Sugar Mama and Oscar. I hope it is. I very much hope it is. But uh, I think the final note on this episode in particular was uh, I liked Uncle Bobby's verse in Old Town Road. (laughs) I'm I'm glad because they, they call me Uncle Bobby. <laughs> I, I love it. And I'm glad too they got uh what is it uh Cedric the Entertainer Little back because he was oh Cedric the Entertainer yeah because yeah. um I think in the in the in the regular Proud Family movie um he had to be recast or something like that so I'm glad you know they got all the oh he was recast in the movie yeah I, I think so that. hold up that's crazy it's been so long since I've seen the Proud Family movie so if I watch it's it, not I might something you would notice. notice like I'm pretty good about picking up when uh different voices and i know like all the major vas the industry vas like ranges so it's not something i noticed though and unless i like googled it so oh wow they did uh arsenio hall who also played dr carver that's crazy that's nice well um yeah uh i am glad that they got cedric the entertainer back but speaking of voices i guess they spent so much money on lizzo and for permission to use Old Town Road, right. that they could only afford to give Lil Nas X like two lines. <laughs> but uh, one thing I, I did forget, forget to mention about episode eight is that one of the things that made it so disappointing for me was that Tiffany Haddish was in this episode and she's like my favorite actress right now. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, why is my favorite actress in the worst episode? But yeah, that kind of brings us to the end of the first season of Louder and Prouder. Uh, I guess if I had to give it like a grade B minus, cause like the the lows the lows are pretty low, <laughs> but the highs are pretty high. So it's like it, it's good enough to be a B, but like a B minus, like C plus if I'm feeling cynical. Yeah, I would I would say like just C you know ish in general because like you know it's nice when you have those character episodes, but it just the messiness of like you know like it doesn't seem like they want they have like a real goal as far as the general revival except just again making make it like coming back where they were and i would wish like they would have at least kind of like you know it's implied that they want to have penny and oscar have a better relationship or something like that or grow on that but beyond that it just like what like pitch me this like what is why why am i watching it and it's like it's the proud family everyone loves the proud family and i'm like yes but what what what's different like or what what's what's your take what's your like what's your artistic purpose for doing this and like 
money. And I'm just like, no, like, you know what I mean? As far as that kind of, but again, it's also my personal preference, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's for me is that like, uh, I don't mind a slice of life show. That's like more stagnant and stuff like that. Because again, sitcoms, you know, mm-hmm. like for like, you know, like with everybody, everybody hates Chris is a good example. Like, yeah, Chris, because a live action show, Chris gets older and he, you know, he goes, he goes to high school eventually. And, you know, it ends where Chris's high school career ends because, like, Chris Rock dropped out in real life and mm-hmm. it ends it ends with him dropping out. But, you know, you could watch the, the series in any order and it's just, like, you know, it's the typical, like, oh, like, bad things happen to Chris, but it's done in a way where, like, it's new every time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of like that. It's, like, it, it's com- it's comfortable. Right. I think, Go- I think Golden Girls is the, is the same way where, like, you know, they never grow out of making fun of each girl for their for their quirks, like you know, Rose being dumb, uh, Dorothy's love life, Blanche's promiscuity. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I guess it just you know, I and I'm all for that kind of stuff, but I think there just needs to be some more underlining glue as far as like you know, making La Siena likable, maybe like you know, maybe some more background as far as like why you know you know, Penny hangs out with, like, you know, their friend group in general. Those those kind of things as far as just, like, people, what went the, the bad episodes just kind of going under the radar and people think it's like, oh, yeah, it's fine if we have a teacher who is a real bitch and we're trying to have her be or show her in a sentimental light. I'm just like, why didn't anyone, why didn't anyone catch this before it, like, so I'm hoping... They'll do better. I don't know. I think it's just, I think the creative team is just happy they're revived and just like, wow, we're just gonna keep on going. But beyond that, I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll see how things go with it. I don't know. But I'm cynical. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm an optimist by nature. Yeah. And I, I hope that uh, season two. Is a little bit, is a little bit more consistent. Consistency is the name of the game here. Yeah, I think that's kind of the, you know, it's it's the biggest issue with the show. It's the biggest issue with Penny's friends. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a recurring theme where like, and it, the biggest issue the Pro family has is consistency. But uh, here's hoping that it does. It uh, has a more consistent second season, and uh, the we have a good payoff with this uh, Old Town Road two parter. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll maybe they'll pay to give little Mas X more than two lines, if he's if he's even in if he's even if he's if he's even in part two at all. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you know. I think you're right as far as that. I think it just needs, um, you know, just some nuance as far as um, the character takes and stuff like that. Like when they revived Jeff Kales, uh, they tried to give like each twin consistent characters and voices so people could tell the difference it needs kind of a take like that where it's just like hey this is good but let's just re-examine this to see if it still works now you know and i i don't think i think there's too many boomers on the writing team that sometimes those things kind of go under the radar so not even just boomers but like gen xers yeah gen xers are getting up there in age as well everyone's getting old including us All right, um, I guess I'll do my outro thingies. So where can people find you, Sketchy, if they want to watch things? Uh, yeah, you can find my, uh, you can find all of my Proud Family reviews at, uh, on my YouTube channel, Sketchy the Changeling. 
I don't know if I'm going to do like a best to worst ranking. That's something that I have been considering, but not decided yet. Mm-hmm. You'll also find other reviews. I did a review of the new My Little Pony movie. Uh, I do want to cover the new series of uh, Samurai Rabbit at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then on Twitter, twitter.com slash sketchybug. And uh, I am also on TikTok, sketchybug. Uh, yeah, uh, follow me, y'all. <laughs> follow me. Show, show, show the bug some love. <laughs> Uh, Join the swarm. The, is, is that what you call it? <laughs> that, that's what I call my fan base. Yes, the swarm. <laughs> that's cute. Um, and yeah, I don't know when we're gonna do, do another podcast, but we'll just do them as needed. So I think we're just sticking to like once every other week or whatever. But yeah, podcast is on all the podcast things, and the main channel is there too. If you haven't seen any content for like ten thousand years, and if, you know, we I don't really have anything else. So like, comment, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Blah. Whoop, whoop. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.